0: This is a podcast by The Business Times. Welcome to Podcast by The Business Times. I'm your host, Howie Lim. Now, the Asia investment-grade bond market is now a trillion-dollar market that's been known to offer diversity and stability. However, bond investors are avoiding Asia's emerging markets as the region's resilience to the global inflation threat show signs of cracking. Data shows overseas investors offloaded a combined net total of US$145 million in South Korean, Thai, Indian, Indonesian and Malaysian bonds in May 2022, and analysts expect outflows in June 2022 and foreign demand to stay muted. For more insights into the opportunities in the Asia IG bond space, we're speaking to Omar Slim, CFA, Managing Director, Portfolio Manager, Fixed Income at Pine Bridge Investments. This episode is brought to you by Pine Bridge Investments. Omar, thanks for your time.
1: Good to be with you. Thank you.
0: Let's talk about then how the Asia IG market has been performing so far this year in your view.
1: This year, fixed income markets broadly have had a pretty rough start of the year. In some ways, actually, it's the roughest start that fixed income markets globally has had since the early 1980s. And that's really because of the factors that are well telegraphed now, including change of monetary policy, inflation, and so on. In comparison, Asia IG has had negative absolute performance, but it has outperformed other markets for a number of factors. So Asia IG on a relative basis has performed better than fixed income markets, but broadly fixed income markets have had a rough start of the year.
0: And that's because of those current market conditions, inflation, maybe geopolitical tensions as well affecting the space?
1: Yes, I think geopolitical tensions are not helping, but I would say primarily it's driven by the fact that monetary policy is going through a very major, very sharp U-turn. As you know, monetary policy for a long time was very accommodative, ultra accommodative, pretty much everywhere in the world. And then inflationary expectations and then inflationary pressures rose quite abruptly. And now monetary policy is going the other way by tightening in different forms and shapes in different central banks. Of course, there's a lot of talk about what the Federal Reserve is doing. But really, monetary policy broadly is tightening in a pretty um, synchronized manner globally. And this is usually negative for fixed income.
0: So now how, Omar? What might be the outlook for the Asia IG market for the second half of this year then with all of that happening?
1: Yes, I think obviously what's more interesting is having a more kind of forward-looking view on things. And I think the bad news is that the performance of fixed income markets, as we said, have been negative. The relatively good news is that there's a lot that is already priced in the markets, And the markets, as you know, quickly react to any change of news, and they integrate all of the investment thesis very, very quickly. So a lot has already been priced in. And what we have been seeing is that particularly for the investment grade segment that we're talking about, and here really we're focusing predominantly on the U.S. dollar-denominated Asian investment grade. So it's hard currency, no local currency. There's an investment story that's developing, which is investing in the highest credit quality segment, uh, no local currency, so only hard currency, so only US dollar, with a yield which is now as we speak, and of course things are changing quickly, but as we speak, it's around 5% or slightly higher than 5%. So that's starting to become a compelling story for investors to come back into, into the market. And Asia specifically, the Asia investment grade has what we call the lower duration. So it has lower interest rate sensitivity. So even if we see a bit more pressure in terms of yields going higher, Asia should fare relatively better than other markets.
0: The thing is, though, usually in market downturns, investors seek to avoid losses by focusing on higher quality credits or avoiding safer rate-sensitive bonds that you mentioned. Will that work now, given the combination of rate hikes spurred by soaring inflation and concern about an economic slowdown
1: are affecting all corporate bonds? It is. So the thinking is that there's monetary policy that's tightening. There's a lot that has already been priced in. So a lot of the hikes have already been priced in by the market. And we might see an economic slowdown or even a recession at some point later this year or early next year. And that's usually will put pressure in, in some, on some on corporate spreads. So the Asia investment grade segment is interesting in the sense that it invests um, only, so we're investing only in the highest credit quality, which usually would do better than, for instance, some of the lower credit quality, the high yield segment. And it has a lower duration, so less interest rate sensitive. So even if yields continue to be under pressure, it should perform relatively better. And also the fact that technicals in Asia tend to be stronger. And what we mean by technicals, we see relatively limited issuance, so new bonds that come to the market, compared to the demand that we see. As you know, Asia is a growing money pool, and that obviously has an anchoring effect into, into the market. And we see it already, even in a year like this, where the performance has been generally poor, Asia IG is doing much better than other markets, and that's because all of the factors that I just mentioned.
0: So investors should consider technicals in the Asia IG market?
1: I think technicals are important because in Asia, one, we see less issuance on a relative basis. And what I mean by relative is relative to other markets, but relative to demand as well. So you've got a market where a growing money pool that's chasing a market which has relatively lower issuance, so new bonds coming to the market. And Asian investors have a bit of a home bias. So essentially, there's a growing money pool with the home buyers chasing an asset class that is still growing, but growing slowly. And that has a bit of an anchoring effect. This is a bit different in other asset classes or in other geographical uh, locations where issuance tend to be a bit higher. Those are some of the technical factors that are in addition to other factors, such as the fundamentals and the valuations. In Asia, valuation tends to be a bit more interesting. Yields tend to be a bit higher than other similar markets like the U.S. investment grade, but with a lower duration. And again, this is something that has been on display for the past few years, And even in a year like this, where the fixed income markets broadly are having a difficult year, Asia IG is having a relatively better year. And that's because of the factors that I just mentioned. So the recovery should also integrate those factors. And I think this will start to happen in the second half of this year.
0: We've been speaking to Omar Slim, CFA, Managing Director, Portfolio Manager, Fixed Income, Pine Bridge Investments. This episode is brought to you by Pine Bridge Investments. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. What are the opportunities, though, Omar, in the Asia IG market that you can talk to us about?
1: We said in the beginning of the year, and we continue to say that within the Asia IG segment, we will see a dispersion of returns meaning different segments different sectors different bonds will perform differently and this highlights the fact that now it's less about beta moves less about broad market moves but more about idiosyncratic sector selection issuer selection and so on and frankly you know investment managers usually say that every year But for a number of years, it was all about broad market movements. For the past two, three years, there's much more returns dispersion. And we think this will continue to to be the case. So to answer your question more directly, we have been more cautious on the Chinese property side. We have been a bit more cautious broadly on China because of policy risks. We think that there are some opportunities in markets such as Korean issuers, uh, some of the Singapore issuers that tend to be well anchored. We like certain names in India, less so on the financial side, but more on the corporate side. So the point I'm making is that the allocation and the selection needs to be more surgical and it's more difficult to do kind of those broad brush statements in terms of we like this or we dislike that, because we think that this is an environment where one needs to be really, really careful in terms of the issuer selection and the sector selection.
0: Are we navigating a minefield, though? What are some of the risks?
1: I would say within Asia investment grade, because the asset class has a higher credit quality, there are less minefields in the sense of default risk. So within the investment grade, obviously, default risk is much smaller than within the high yield. Having said that, there has been some minefields, particularly, frankly, on the China property side. And we have been avoiding those. Yes, there are minefields, but I would say as an asset class, default risk because it's investment grade, so higher credit quality. The ultimate minefield, which is essentially default, default risk is mitigated.
0: Omar, how should investors position for their portfolios then?
1: I think Asia IG is an asset class that has valuation that is interesting in the sense that the spreads tend to be a bit wider than other asset classes. It is of the highest credit quality, so this is a pure investment-grade allocation. Technicals are quite strong. Interest rate sensitivity is lower, so in an environment like the one that we're in, where interest rate risk is quite high, you would want to go with an asset class that has lower interest rate sensitivity. And in terms of the mindfulness that you've mentioned, Within the investment grade, default risk is low. Typically, there's no default risk. So going into an environment where we will probably see an economic slowdown, this is an important point. So this is an asset class with much lower default risk and as such low risk of minefields.
0: Omar, thank you so much for your insights today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: We've been speaking to Omar Slim, CFA Managing Director, Portfolio Manager, Fixed Income at Pinebridge Investments. This episode is brought to you by Pinebridge Investments. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of, or reliance on, any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.